Welcome to another episode of the Levity Flowcast. Today we sit down with Ryan Taylor, ultramarathon runner, Pittsburgh explorer, and all-around great guy. So sit back, relax, and flowcast. Ryan, it's awesome hosting you here. We are here with Ryan Taylor, who just finished up his 67th float. It's fantastic. Man, it... That's awesome. Congrats. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, always been great to host you and to have you here and have a purposeful conversation about your running and the things you have going on. I'm super psyched, man. But before we dive into that, had a big fight this weekend. Had a couple <laughs> big fights this weekend. Um, I think we go right up the card. What were your thoughts on the Nick Diaz, um, Robbie Lawler fight? I was like very concerned for Nick Diaz uh, starting the fight. I'm like, Oh my God. Like he, he, he's never looked like the prime physical specimen, but he looked like an old dude out there. But like, it was a couple minutes in and he starts like throwing in those Stockton slaps and yep. making contact. I'm like, okay, we got to fight. Yeah. yeah. Stockton slaps. Isn't yeah. that what he calls it? Yeah. The Stockton slap. Yeah. That's what Troy and I were talking about. I said, Nick looked like a dad at little league fighting somebody. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I've I've never seen him look that bad, and even looking that bad, he held his own with Robbie for oh, two yeah. rounds. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts, Troy? I mean, I didn't see the full fight. I never mm. stay up for fights; it's way too late. <laughs> <laughs> but the highlights that I saw, I mean, like you said, he he held his own for a little bit. Um, I just I don't think he wants to do this anymore. You know, he said it in he this an that, interview yeah. that you sent me. Um, I think he's just in this for the pay, and like you know, he kind of wanted to prove a point. I feel. Because he, he really did come back after five years off. I thought he – I mean, he looked athletic in those moments where he was combinations yeah. of like, oh, my God, did he just throw like 12 punches in a row? Oh. He does triathlons. He'll never not be athletic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm. animal. It was so fun to watch him in those exchanges where he's firing off five, six, eight, eight punches. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a good fight. Um, Have you seen the original Robbie Lawler Nick Diaz fight? Oh, when hilarious. he's yelling at him, oh. <laughs> hilarious! Oh, and that's, he slaps him. Oh, prime! That, those are prime. When Robbie was fighting Nick Diaz the first time, he was on an absolute tear, just leaving people face down. Yeah. And here comes this kid from Stockton. And did you see the clip that he's um, like yelling at him? He's like Stockton. Yeah, he went in just, and all of a sudden, Robbie doesn't know what to do. And you could see him. He's spooked, and then Nick catches him with a slap. He slapped the man. (laughs) And that was all she wrote. He pieced him up from there. It was was a shining moment. It's legendary, for sure. Oh, Robbie Robbie Lawler. What what a dude. I watched his uh, post-conference, post-fight press conference, and just, like, all the respect to him because he's, like, super – Super respectful and classy. Yeah, and he's been doing it as long as Nick Nick has. Yeah, Ro- Robbie's admirable. I mean, even him taking that fight, the week of the fight, it was to be at 170 at welterweight, and the week of the fight, Nick said, I, it's got to be bumped up to 185. I'm just not making weight. That's now, wild. Now, the reason I say Robbie's admirable is because he could have said, no, we're keeping it at 170, and Nick's going to come in 182, 183, and Robbie then would have taken, I think, 20 or 30% of Nick's purse. Wow. Instead, Robbie was like, fuck it, let's do 185s. And so it's real admirable not to take any money out of someone else's pocket who's not going to make weight. So big ups to Robbie for doing the right thing. Um, Valentina Shevchenko, hey, did you catch her fight? I did not see that one. Oh, wow, She's man. an animal. Troy and I were just chatting it up about her, of how impressive. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there's anybody in that division that's going to touch her no. anytime soon. She's going to be dancing for a long time. <laughs> 
she I hope one day she runs it back with Nunez a third time. I feel like she can and win. And they fought twice. They fought twice. Wow. Yeah. And uh, were they decision? She Did she stop the bullet? I, I don't think she's been stopped. I don't either. I know at least one has hmm. been decision. I don't think she's been stopped, though. I think they both went to decision, and she lost both times. And there's one of them, I don't remember them well, that I don't think she lost. But, you know, that's, right, right. you're treading on, a, like, what is it? They're nice there. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's something else. I, that's a really good question. If I mean, if she lasted, you know... Ten rounds. Ten rounds with Amanda Nunes and finished all ten rounds, like... That's a scary. There's definitely one the that only she one went that, all the way. Is she the only one that's done that? Had, I think so. I think Amanda <laughs> slapped up everybody else. Dude. Oh, and she is such a fun fighter to watch, Amanda Nunez. But yeah, that'd be a that'd be a heck of a fight, man. But the headline on the card up top: Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian T. City Ortega. Incredible. On incredible fight of the year candidate. I think so. Um, going into that fight. Volkanovski was definitely the underdog, even. And uh, boy, it was real. He was. He was. It was. I, really? I looked at the lines. I was real surprised too. I think a lot of people were looking at Ortega's length and skill set of his punches yeah. from his last fight. Um, and yeah, Volkanovski as the champion was an underdog. Wow. Um, to see his toughness and come out there and last was amazing. Oh my God! He and he escaped those two like super deep submission attempts and then. Well, yeah. then for Brian to like last that whole time too, yeah, it was insane. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was a fun, fun fight card. Always good to see. Looking back, I don't know who you pair Nick Diaz up with next. Would you give him a second? Would you give him a I second fight? It, it would have to be somebody like who's been in the game for a while. Is like Clay Guida still fighting? Are they Clay Guida? Him or like Diego? Diego's not around anymore, right? No. Here's he, here's. What do you think, Troy? Do you have someone in mind that could go no, for I, just, I don't think he should fight. I, <laughs> I think he himself is mentally, right. he emotionally done. done with this. And he's sitting on money. Like, go live. Like, go to Stockton or wherever you want to go. and just <laughs> Go be. to Stockton. I don't know. <laughs> go wherever. to Stockton. Going to retire to Stockton. Yeah. I say one more fight because he didn't look to be in shape. And there's a 175-pounder out there who's been in combat sports, Ben Askren. Ooh. I don't think Ben comes serious? back. I'm I don't serious. think he comes back for that. You don't think Ben Askren comes back at 170? Because Ben's not okay. Well, maybe. That what would be fun. I wouldn't even want to watch that. Like, what wouldn't you want to watch? Because Nick's just going to shit on him. You think so? Ben's a grappler. And if he can get his hands, Robbie Lawler fight, Robbie's a heck of a wrestler. He's he's a Midwestern guy, Iowa. He's a heck of a wrestler. If he wanted to take Nick Diaz down for five rounds, he would have. Robbie's just real stubborn and loves the power in his hands, rightfully so. Yeah, right. Um, but I don't know. Ben Askren grabs a hold of Nick Diaz. If he's able to yeah, grab him. Yeah, but if, like, the thing is, Ben's not a fighter. He's just he's a He's like grappler. a wrestler who knows how to throw some punches. But He doesn't know but how he to was, throw a punch. He was a world champ. He was, he was a, world, a champ. world champ in a couple divisions and a couple organizations. How long ago was that? Was that a decade or so now? It's been some time because he was out from the UFC. But, um, man, I think because even well, Ben. Didn't he beat Robbie, too? He did. He has a win over Robbie Lawler. Yeah. He does. I wouldn't want to see Robbie and Ben run it back. But I think if Ben grabs Nick, drags him to the ground, you're still dealing with an elite level grappler. As a uh, Caesar Gracie Jiu Jitsu black belt. 
Nick, Nick's guard is very dangerous. Can Ben last there? I'm not looking for Ben to stand up with him, but that get, that turns into a grappling match. I just don't fun. think it's going to the floor. I think like Nick mm. understands what can happen, yeah. and he'll just slap the shit out of him. <laughs> I mean, the more Jake Paul of- flattened him. Jorge Masvidal, I don't think he can even get hit in the face much more. <laughs> Who you don't think Jorge can get hit in the face? No, no. Him? I said Jake Paul flattened him, and so did Jorge. I don't think he can get like Askren can get hit in the face much more. Ah, man, I think that's the last money fight. I think that would be the last one on the table for Nick. I don't know who else you go past that. And I just I, think he should stop. Well, <laughs> I think if I don't think he came in in good shape, something would happen with his management that he talked like. Him coming in overweight like that, needing to change. I would like to see him at 170 and someone that isn't going to turn his lights off at 40 years of age. Do you think yeah, like it was just him? Like that's him at whatever point it is in his life. He's like got to like a week out. He's like, I'm not dropping whatever pounds. And like, let's call Dana. I think if you look, Josh Thompson and John McCarthy have a, have a podcast. It's really decent. I don't like Big John, but their content's really good. Okay. And Why don't you like Big John? <laughs> we'll come back to that. But um, Josh Thompson said he wasn't about a week and a half before the fight. Josh Thompson went and did an interview and said that he didn't know if the Nick Diaz fight was going to continue. And the interviewer was like, why? And he was like, well, I, I really shouldn't have said that. And so... The tea leaves were reading that Nick got knocked out in training, oh. in sparring. A couple weeks out, maybe week and a half to two weeks out. So leading up to, he was like, I'm not going to be able to cut that weight. I'm not going to make 170. He wasn't able to train. He wasn't able to run. He wasn't able to do some of the things. Um, and hearing that from Josh Thompson, because as soon as he said it, you could tell he wanted to pull it back in and uh, – he came out and made a statement on the McCarthy and John T- Josh Thompson podcast saying like, I shouldn't have said that it was a private video that I saw and I shouldn't have said that the fight will continue. That would tend to hold water because no one asked Dana about the weight change mm-hmm. and no one asked Nick about the weight change. They asked Robbie and Robbie said, well, I don't really care, but the reason really wasn't shared. I think Nick was, I think his lights were turned off in training. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, and then he wasn't able to train. So I think you give that legend one more go and then that's it well if you're giving him one more go then honestly i want to see him fight robbie a third time <laughs> and i want to see it at one. no nick did nothing see, to you <laughs> do not put him in if, there with well, robbie hold Long. on if what you're saying is true then i think he comes back at 175 mm. with those abs glistening and everything i think he's <laughs> giving him a run for his money it's it's a fun fight man i just think you give that guy one more run um one more and then you let him walk in off into the sunset. And I think a guy like that needs a dance a partner. Steed? He is a steed. He needs a dance partner to sell pay-per-views. Robbie you're, you're Long- telling me Robbie Nick 3 wouldn't sell? Just put the poster. I wonder if Nick would be on board with Because he seems to be a guy that, like, he was talking about, like, fighting Usman, right? So he could get up for a championship fight. He might... I don't yeah. think he has a shot there. But we that's all, what he yeah. was saying, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you should have gave me Usman or whatever. I don't know why I'm fighting Robbie yeah. Lawler again. Yeah. So maybe he, just, he needs like another OG to fight against, and maybe that'll get him up. I mean, Robbie is one of those, but when they've already fought. fought. I think Ben could help him sell. I think he could sell some pay-per-views. I think, a third, I think a trilogy with Robbie Lawler would be a fun fight, but I wouldn't, if it was truly Nick's last fight, I wouldn't want it to be that trilogy. 
I would want it to somebody that would help him sell pay-per-views. And but Aspirin Nick will does sell out an arena by himself. It really doesn't matter who he's fighting. And it's just him if, if, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's great to sit and talk with you, man. I know every time you come through, it's like you're always off. You got something going on. Yeah. So to be able to sit and talk with you, what really caught my eye of your ultra marathons was the cruel jewel. I mean, Jesus, we watched that video. <laughs> Over a hundred mile marathon. It's a long one. Thanks for watching, yeah, by the way. <laughs> dude, how did you get into running? And let's talk about like your progression to how you got to where you are. So I started running very young, not knowing I was like, act, like this was an activity. Uh, my brother, my younger brother played football mm. and I was a couple, I'm a couple years Is older. Is that Ben? My, ben. Yeah, how do dude. you know Ben? He floated here. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sorry. You're all right. <laughs> but uh, so he was he was uh, a bigger, a bigger, younger kid. So he played football and my parents never signed me up. I think it's probably because I was on the smaller side and I was a little bit uh, reserved. Sure. So but I would go to football practice and my dad used to run. He's like, oh, just go run around the field. So I was like the weird kid, like running around yeah. the campus while my brother played football. And then eventually that progressed to me enjoying that and finding freedom in those moments where like mm. my parents aren't around, no one else is around. And I like kind of have like, as long as I be reasonable, I yeah. can do whatever I want right now. And just that feeling I think has carried me through from then till now. And high school cross country was always a lot of fun. Mm. And then uh, I, r I ran a bit for a club team in college and then got into the ultra world uh, through the Explorers Club of Pittsburgh yeah, which is a volunteer-run uh, group in the city that started four decades ago with with an ad in the newspaper, like people who want to, <laughs> wow. yeah, people who want to explore. That's I cool. can't remember what like it's the ad said in the club all the time. But through that group, uh, I found my buddy Jason, who's really the dude who who was featured in the video, the guy with the long hair and the glasses. Mm -hmm. uh, he kind of put the poison in my mind that I should run a lot longer than i was running at the time yeah. so is the pittsburgh explorers club like you just run around new parts of the city oh, so the, the explorers club uh they're kind of like a meetup group uh first and foremost but then there's three separate schools they run mm -hmm. at different times of the year four now actually uh and the oldest and uh most kind of like uh there's another word that's like prestigious <laughs> that I want to use there. Uh, but it's like the, the school of uh, the Explorers Club and it's the mountaineering school and it takes place every, every winter. And it's basically, if you have uh, like rock climbing skills and backpacking skills, you come out and the volunteers take you, oh man, I could talk for an hour about yeah. <laughs> the mountaineering school. But basically through that school, I met my buddy Jason. Mm. And uh, at one point I was running in the woods and, uh, Beaver County with him, and I'm like, oh my god, like, it's awesome. He's gonna talk me into running a really good <laughs> race at some point. <laughs> he did. Is uh, is Jason? Is that the one with pretzels? Yeah, yeah. He's because uh, he sounds like a real interesting dude. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Do you remember all the food? Listen, he's man. eating cookies. He's Listen. eating pretzels. He he probably eats like four things: baby carrots, pretzels, uh, sriracha, and coffee. Those are the four things he eats. And he, Pretty like, good diet. Yeah. And coffee is like, it's, it's with every meal, every time of the day. Like 
Seriously. I've, I've run with him on like hot summer days. We'll finish. He grabs a Diet Coke and a hot coffee, and he's like chugging both of them at the same time. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> How is he not he's just dehydrated all the time? I here's the, <laughs> so this this was my this I call him my guru of ultra running and he's like he's like the worst dude to get advice from in some sense like for for nutrition and for training he doesn't train <laughs> he push he's he's a landscaper so he pushes a lawnmower five six days a week and probably gets more miles than I'll ever get like in a week and then he goes out and runs for hours on the weekend. His nutrition, I told you what he eats, and like wow. I'm like, Jace, what like what should I how much should I run during the week? What should I eat? He, and he's like I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> What's he saying? <laughs> Whatever. He's like, uh, you're gonna have to it's it's personal, Ryan. Like and it is. <laughs> and, and it personal in the sense of like everyone's gonna have a different strategy. And he's hundred percent right. Like oh. if he could have told me, like, oh, like I've heard other people like advocate for only only eating like this kind of carb or this mm -hmm. kind of like snack at aid stations or like after yeah. runs, but it, it's, it's, everyone has a different stomach and you kind of have to tailor it's personal. With, with, exactly. With experience. He sounds like a gem. Yeah. <laughs> it, he's unreal. He's unreal. And I, I'm, I think about all like, cause he grew up in the same neighborhood my wife is from. And I have seen him like, I had seen him so many times before we started to run. I'm like, oh, there's that guy over there. I'm like, what's his deal? And like, all of a sudden, I'm in, I'm in the woods with him. It was running. Is there like, ever a moment in the woods you were scared? Like, oh, he's about to chop me up. And no, no. He's, never going to be seen. He, he come, like, he's, uh, man, I, feel, I, I wish he was sitting right here right now mm -hmm. and I could just hand the microphone to him and he would, you, you would know in an instant. He's like the, the, the nicest dude ever. Yeah. Like, and it, it just pours out of him almost yeah. that it like runs you over. And that's wild man he uh he definitely sounds like a gem to like but he's very he has a lot of ultra marathons he's he's not only unique in of personality and character but he's really amazing running a runner too we i had this discussion with some of my other running friends and like we all look to like okay so we're doing all these races this year and that's that's a lot but then there's always that person that's like doing more and you're like pointing <laughs> up at that guy that, that guy's wild up there. But then I talked to Jason and then he's like, Oh, like he's telling me about this other dude that yeah. doubles his race entries for the year. And it's, I think that's the last guy on the top of the ladder there. Like the guy, he's like Shao Jason. Kahn in Mortal Kombat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, he's the final boss, but like the running ultra community is full of those that's, people, full of those people. Yeah. It's, 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 and it's, so humbling. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you shared that because of other other folks that have been through that are ultra marathon runners and just runners in general, the community there is second to none. Can you talk about? You already said a couple really good folks that you've met, but can you talk about what it's like there on race day and throughout? It you so there's aid stations typically set up in these runs like every five or six miles, and they're just volunteers. They typically don't get paid, like and they're they don't know you, they've mm. never met you before, you might be from a different state, different country, they'll, they are angels, they'll change your dirty socks, they'll fill up your water bottles, they'll mm. give you, they'll, they'll be so nice, and it's, it's, like, the gratefulness after you pull out of an aid station, like, that is, like, one of the, 
strongest fuels. Like mm. I, I think I've like come in contact with in, in running is like just the people like pumping you up and making sure like, Hey, you're good to go. Like you're going to go through some shit out there, but like w- there'll be more of us waiting like six miles from now. What a good idea. What a yeah. good feeling. Do you have any advice for someone that would like to get into ultra marathon running? Yeah. Uh, I would, I would run as often as you can. And, and when I say that it like a run can be a mile. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it every day at a pace that is fun, like I, I try to talk a lot of people into running because it's done so much for me mm-hmm. and, and just like my mental health that like, I'm, I'm just run, man. I know I, everything that you're dealing with, it won't go away, but you'll have better tools to deal with it. But, uh, I, it's freeing for sure. Yeah. I and, feel like it's like a meditation. A hundred percent. And just like you can bring your phone and all that stuff, but nah. I, leave the headphones at home, mm-hmm. leave your phone. I do what would be a sacrilegious thing in the church church of my friend Jason and run with a GPS watch, but I'm kind of a data nerd after the fact, like I don't care too much about what's going on, uh, uh, barring some catastrophic circumstances on my watch. Mm. So I, I I like looking at the maps and like running cool loops and, uh, stuff like that. But, uh, what was it? Oh, uh, pace but like have Mm. a pace that's like fun. Like Mm -hmm. you're not, not trying to make the Olympics or any, I've run with a bunch of people (laughs) and they just like take off. Like when they start running, they don't want to talk. It's like, dude, slow down, talk to me. And like, we're we're, going to have done five miles and you're not going to know. Yeah. It's the way to do it. You should run with people. Do you, is it you that wants to run? Uh, (laughs) Here we go. At at some point down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, I've got too much going on yeah. now. And also right now, as far as fitness and stuff, my goals are like, I'm a body weight trainer. Sure. I don't not lift weights, right, right. but I'm at the point where like I can do over 20 pull-ups in a row. So That's I'm like awesome, working man. my way to doing muscle ups. I'm starting to do those progressions. Yeah. I'm learning how to do a handstand and I'm learning how to do planche pushups. Yeah. So I need to master those things first. Uh huh. Um, You're going to be a trail running ninja. If you so <laughs> I fucking to be. hope so. <laughs> With the way my wrists feel on a daily basis, I better be a damn That's ninja. That's awesome, man. Um, but I, no, I was asking more in general, but yeah, I, I definitely would like to. Um, my girlfriend is big into both running and biking. Um, and I, I ran a little bit before we were together, but then, you know, she got me into it. Yeah. And it just happened. You know, like I said, right now I'm really more on the body weight stuff. Gotcha. I haven't ran in months, but I was. There was a time, I shit, last winter, which we were just talking about off camera, how yeah. bad it was. Mm-hmm. I wake up at four. We both wake up at four in the morning. You know, we were out there at five. Damn. When it was fucking <laughs> snowing some days. Like, That's awesome. It, it sucked, but it was also one of the most rewarding feelings. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I would like pace a fun pace and it helps if you can do it with somebody who also likes to have fun while they run and not like going to beat you up on like pace or anything. And then like removing obstacles to run. Like Mm. I've, I've made it a point most days of the week. Like I'll run, I'll figure out a route from my house and just run from the house. Cause if I have to plan out like where I'm going to drive to Mm. and like what time I'm going to go and when I can eat, it just like all that stuff piles up in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, I mean, absolutely going through starting running, going through high school, doing cross country, then a club in Pittsburgh, that first ultra marathon, 
what was that like? What was that experience like? Because there's a gap, right, mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. like a regular marathon and then there's a reason it's called an ultra marathon. What was that like? So the, I ran a 50K first, which is like the, in terms of ultras, it's on, it's close, it's 31 miles. So it's like the first ultra marathon gotcha. you typically do. Um, and it was really hot. It was in Youngstown, Ohio. Um, and about 18 miles in, I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever done in my life. <laughs> like, it was muddy, and it wasn't, like, overly hilly. It, this was the uh, uh, Youngstown Ultra Trail Classic. It's called Yutzi, and it's held every year in September in uh, Youngstown, Mill Creek Park, beautiful park. Yeah. Um, and it's it, But it is deceptively hard in terms of, like, these just, like, steep ascents, and then you're, like, on these, like, rooty trails and stuff. And very hot day. I had probably three too many beers the day before, so I was going through, like, <laughs> cramping and, like, stomach issues. Oh, and I, like, started, like, I did not know what a fun pace was for a 50K, so I went out way too fast. Did you underestimate it? Is that why you had the 100%, beers? 100%. Or? 100%. 100%. And it, it was, like... Uh, a golf work function that just kind of like the day got away and you know it was fun <laughs> but like, i'm just running 30 yeah. miles tomorrow yeah well in this race was in lead up to uh the first race i signed up for which was 100k so i'm like okay 50k first we'll feel it out and then i was like how the hell am i gonna do to this twice mm. this twice and uh yeah <laughs> that it, it was a bear the first one was a bear Got through it though. Got through it. Yep. I mean, it's one of those things that's so cool to hear because you always hear that moment where you have like, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so in that moment where you said I fucked up, how did you get through it? Um, like walk us through that experience. I didn't want to disappoint my friend Jason first and foremost, and then I didn't want to tell like I didn't want to tell anybody that I didn't finish. So I'm like, mm. I'm gonna trudge this out. And then it got to the point where I think there was like five miles left, and I'm like, oh, this is this is like a lunch run. This is what I typically do. <laughs> this is a lunch run. This is a lunch run. This is a Wednesday lunch run with my buddy Bill at work. And I was like, okay, I can put that into context. And that's kind of like a thing you can do with any length. It's like, okay, there's only six, like there might be 94 miles left to go in this race, but there's six to the next aid station. Mm. And yeah. it's just like kind of segmenting your day like that. And it goes for true same deal. And shorter runs <laughs> well that's interesting because as you finish the cruel jewel down mm-hmm. in georgia that was how many miles it is billed at 106 but everyone says it's longer it's one of those things it's like it's mountainous terrain and like how do you get inaccurate no one's running a wheel up mm. and down those mountains <laughs> oh man i mean 112 miles <sighs> that's what my watch I, said at i was end. just yeah. like taking that in of like what that would be like for the body you can't you can't do it you like the, it, it's ridiculous. It's like saying I'm going to run a, a hundred bajillion miles today. It's like yep. absolutely ridiculous. So it's breaking it up. <laughs> yeah, that definitely has to be a breakdown. So for something like that, I mean, that level of extreme on that end, how do you prepare for something like that? So the, I had run a hundred miles once before that in the October previous. So I had an idea of like the distance, the, the thing that really honestly scared me about this race was the elevation mm. it was yeah. like uh, thirty-three thousand, which it, that's another one of those numbers it's like it's just like i don't know what like you don't know what it means like yeah, until you <laughs> feel it yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so a big a big part of the training was finding hills which we're blessed with hills in pittsburgh yes. yeah. and then like yeah. picking 
and you really don't have to like get all that creative to get a hilly route in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I would find like steep hills. There's a, the, the Mad Max uh, by my house has a really steep hill up behind the <laughs> strip mall. That's about like 200 and 210 feet for a quarter mile. And so if you do that 10 times or whatever, I was getting like 2000 feet in a wow. run. And so just keep building up that hmm. vertical, uh, familiarity in the uh quads and uh what's that other muscle the hamstring oh yeah man i mean <laughs> what's that one that hurts all the time <laughs> the hammy uh that's i mean just crazy the amount of miles put in um like i said that's it's hard to conceptualize that i guess as you said but in that race that race day what were you thinking going into that um the race day is just like you just get so excited to like put your training into place mm -hmm. and like so excited to like go out on this adventure where past that start line like i have no idea what's going to happen like i have i have the tools to get to the finish line but like you don't really know what like is my stomach going to go bad is my it band gonna like explode is my is just all the things and sometimes they all go to shit and yeah so you're th i'm thinking about that i'm trying to predict like what's going wrong but it's it's almost like wasted energy how do you personally train diet wise because like in 100 miles you're not sitting down and eating meals like do right. you fast is that a common thing um I, I have friends that fast and it works really well for them they'll do mm -hmm. the intermittent intermittent fasting and then do like a high fat diet mm -hmm. and that works really well for them i'm i'm terrible dude i like i'll, I'll go home after a run and i'll eat like just double the junk food i would have eaten anyways so that's something in my Fair. life that i could clean up and like see probably results out on the course but i do enjoy eating who doesn't <laughs> yeah you're, you're weird if you don't right yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah baby carrots and pretzels yeah. like my buddy yeah. He's amazing. We really got to get him in the tank sometime. Oh, he's one of those dudes. Like you, ha you would probably have to drag him. To really? He's been floating, and it's I he can't sit still. See one of those? Um, and I don't mean that in a bad no, way. No, no, no. Uh, he, he's very yeah. Uh, he he's floated a couple times, and he's like, ah, it's not for me. But he hasn't floated here. So I've that's never probably met a person like that. I've never met. That's we do. I want to get him on just so uh -huh. we can see if he still says that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've done almost 50 episodes mm -hmm. and, you know, prior to doing this podcast, like I floated before and talked to people, I've never met someone that's tried it and been like, yeah, yeah. it's just not for me. Mm. Yeah. He went to a more like corporate structured place where, I mean, I guess once you're in the tank, floating is floating, but I, yeah. I think those are usually the people that benefit the most. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretzels, baby carrots. We got to stock the shelves. And then we just make them a salad, you know, pretzels, baby carrots, now, sliced up, sriracha not all over. He has to make it. All right. Well, we'll so we'll put everything on the table and with a bowl <laughs> and just a tub of sriracha. I would actually, Jamin, that would be great. And content. black coffee. <laughs> Him making that salad. Actually, does he drink his coffee black? Uh, he switches. It. He drinks so much he has to switch it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This cat's wild. I, I like. He's in the video. Go watch that video. Yeah. I mean, because he's definitely there, and you can see he's about it. Like he's. I don't know, man. If he doesn't train, he just pushes a lawnmower. He does that, like, no joke, because he was at every station, like, ready to go. Yeah. And he, 
at the end of the race, it, so he had, he has uh, some medical issues. I don't want to sure, sure. put his information out, but uh, it, it is amazing that mm. what he's able to do out there. Like he has, he has back issues. We mentioned that in the video mm. and uh, like at the end of the race, I, there was, there was Fleetwood Mac playing. So, so YouTube didn't pull my video. I had to cut out the audio there. Crazy. And, uh, but he's like saying to my dad, like, Scott, I can't, my back, my back, I got to lay down like, like his, but moments before that he was super like, like, uh, like courteous to my dad like my dad's sure. cheering him on he's like oh thank you scott and it's yeah. so hard to be like a nice dude like in that oh, 100 miles 112 miles man. when you're in that much yeah. pain like and so yeah. it's a testament to his goodwill and uh overall badass he yeah joking aside he sounds like a wizard but he sounds like a beautiful wizard indeed like yep. just one of those dudes that vibrates on a different different frequency yeah. um I really liked in your video your comparison of the process of running an ultra marathon to alchemy. Where did that come from? <laughs> and Too much Duncan t- Trussell. <laughs> yes, great dude. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say you watched Full Metal Alchemist. I no, would have accepted I, I've never seen that. <laughs> great anime. Yeah. If you Perfect. like anime, right. I don't discriminate yeah. in my media choices. It was so cool the difference in going into the dark period. Um, to see that and then to hear you talk about the process was super cool in your video. What was, what got you through those dark times when you did hit that inevitable point of like, I fucked up here. Yeah. (laughs) So for the cruel jewel, I, I guess my dark place was characterized by like me being pissed off that there was poison Ivy everywhere. Um, number two, my legs, like my it band went, at like mile 42 so I was like doing this weird like hop most of the way and then I had stomach issues so it was just like uh, an an amassing pity party going on in Mm. Mm -hmm. my head and uh, those aid stations did help a lot to get me through and then the the beautiful wizard my friend Jason actually gave me Pepto-Bismol at one point where we passed each other he's like gliding past me he's like oh, i'm like my stomach hurts he's like oh here's pepto i'm like thank you oh man yeah so from some trail luck and seeing him and then kind of like just conceptualizing there's 250 people out here doing like the same thing i'm doing and they're going through like the same like hard times and just mm-hmm. how like how cool that is to be amongst like mm-hmm. those people like in the the community i hold in a very high regard and just to be amongst those people it's just like it it's so inspiring from like the inside out like it's like yeah it and just kind of running with that at the end of the race like using that last little bit of like uh stoke in me to get to the finish how would you say that like running as a whole but specifically these ultra marathons have helped you grow as a person mentally it's this self-imposed like heap of like problems you're like putting on yourself Mm -hmm. and like once you work through all those miles and all the that elevation and whatever else you just you stand on top of like all those problems Mm -hmm. it's like well that was the worst thing I've ever gone through but then to balance that out almost you get like this glowing feeling Mm -hmm. and you stand 
with this like perspective of everything you've just gone through and it's 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 something else yeah uh, i feel like it would be almost highly it, recommend <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was just gonna say it would be so tough to describe the satisfaction at the finish line um to compare that to something but man i I'm i just, bawled after my first hundred mile race i i, I like crouched down and like cried like weeped <laughs> what happened there when you got through it 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 was I, I don't know it was just like all these emotions i started to cry a little i was in a i was for whatever reason the last five miles of the, that first hundred mile race it was just like being in this place where it it sucks so bad but then you're mm. like oh my god like i am gonna finish and it's like the better you. part of a year you've been preparing for something and now it's it's over and it went well in the sense that like you finished and then like my dad's there and then like all my running buddies are there and it's just it's 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 an unreal feeling and i highly, highly recommend, recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i uh it's always great to sit and talk with you one of the things i also found super interesting was ice climbing i've done that a couple times <laughs> yeah tell us about that man it's wild um so through the explorers club the mountaineering school uh, I've, ru- my friend Jason is also an ice climber. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> of, of course. course he is. Yeah. And, uh, so through him and some other, uh, really awesome folks in the club, I've gotten to tag along on some of these really cool, uh, journeys up vertical ice faces, which is like it at first I'm like, why would this be fun? Like it's cold as hell. Like you got like sharp shit all over you and like you're, you got you, like, the whole heights thing, right? And then amplified by the slickness of the ice, the sharpness of like all these things you have on you, and then it's like cold as shit. But it is unreal. It's like you're moving on like uh, like an alien like landscape as you move up through the, wow. through ice, and it's like different colors somewhere, and you're typically somewhere that's really pretty. So another highly recommended activity. <laughs> that's. Have you traveled different places to do that, or is it like something? You've done around here. You can do it around here, but the the winters typically aren't uh, all that great. Last year we had a decent year, but uh, with the Explorers Club, so I've gone to uh, Mount Washington in New Hampshire in the White Mountains, and there's some really awesome, uh, like multi pitch, which uh, like multiple rope length climbs there, and uh, where uh, I think most of the ice climbing has either been there or locally. So I, I wouldn't call myself an ice climber, but it's something that I've done a handful of times and I plan to do it more, especially with like the beautiful wizard, Jason, uh, <laughs> leading the helm. Yeah. I'm, so just, how many other like extreme sports yeah. I'll say, <laughs> do you do? Do I do? Yeah. Um, what are you involved in? <laughs> I, so I guess it's all within like, like ice climbing being one extreme and run, uh, ultra running being the other. So there's rock climbing, which is typically like the precursor two ice climbing. Mm. Um, I think that's it. I played rugby for a hot second. That was pretty extreme. It felt I feel extreme like relative rugby to everything compared else. to these things. It's yeah. just like, eh. yeah, uh, I, I would get super nervous before like any rugby game. I, I, I played for a couple years and rung my bell a couple times. So I had to tap out of that mm. arena. <laughs> so hey, now you just scale boulders and ice. Yeah. Yeah. hundred mile marathons. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Leave that rugby to the side. It's wild, man. Like that, those numbers, like they, they are something to trip on like uh, initially, but like once you do it, it's like, I, cause I used to 
like, what do you, my, my friend Jason, how, what do you mean you run more than one a year? Like one <laughs> more than 100 mile race a year. But like you do that first one and you're like, like I get it. Like the high is so mm. crazy from it. And then if you're not totally torched, like if your mm -hmm. body is still like, it's, it, you can do it again. It's not like NFL football Sundays when you're getting like smashed or anything. If you can find a way to be like efficient with strides and keep your body healthy, like it's totally possible. There was a guy uh, a couple years ago, 5,200 mile races, one for every week in a year. Walter Hanlos are out of California. Wow. You know, since you mentioned rugby, you know, it seems like from a kid you were running, you did like all of the things that you do now are pretty much, well, no, you said you do them with group, but they're more solo right. things. Like mm -hmm. what I is that? as well. So what which is, is a, a solo thing. Re I wrestled as well, which is oh, yeah. in <laughs> solo <laughs> realm of things. C compare that with like rugby being the one team sport that we know that you, mm -hmm. you've played. What's like the difference for you? Um, and do you prefer that? Like doing things that are just to yourself? I would honestly like to say, no, I don't prefer that, but I, I think I do prefer mm. the, like the solo endeavors where I don't have to meet up with a team. I can just go out like whenever. And it's like, if <laughs> like, uh, there were a couple instances, like the, the big thing I liked about rugby was the community, but also like, I got kind of like ups, not upset, but like, just like, okay guys let's do more kind of a th I, mm -hmm. I never voiced that but i just saw like okay this is like the pace this is gonna go so that coupled with the head injuries but uh concussions yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not fun no <laughs> yeah that's uh man it's so interesting the amount did i answer the question yeah <laughs> no dude i think okay. especially as you know self-described more like introverted person i think you found your niche man like yeah. you're you're in an arena where the community is great and supportive and you can do it anytime, anywhere. And you don't have to rely on somebody. hundred percent. And you still have a shoes. community. It's not like yeah. you actually are alone. That's true. Yep. hundred percent. And, uh, I, what's really cool. Like during COVID, so many people can't like do whatever, like they can't go to the gym, mm. can't play basketball or whatever their activity is. And just being able to like, kind of like lead those people astray on with like a pair of running shoes. It's like, I've had more people, people run with me during COVID than ever, which is like, it's, it's really cool. You're converting see. people. I, yeah. Do you ever church. run on a treadmill? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hell to the no. Only when I have to. How do you and, feel about it? Um, I hate it. Yeah. I, I would do it. Like if there was some extenuating circumstance where it's not possible, like it's, it's unsafe to go outside, but it's very rarely like come to that. I think I've run on a treadmill like once in the past, like three years. Wow. I, I can't do it, dude. Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't, it, I hate it. <laughs> it's annoying. I don't yeah. know. I but which is weird because you think it's like, oh, it's a way to run inside. I'm like, I would like this, but I can't, no, I can't get on with it. We were <laughs> got to feel the air, you know, right. those, the unevenness in the ground and all that little stuff. Yeah. I think who you are is being outside and getting recharged by nature. Yeah. I think that's like disrespectful to run on a treadmill. <laughs> like when we were chatting before we went live and turned the cameras on, like being out in nature, like oh you were yeah. sharing, spending time in Colorado to be out there under an open sky and to be able to see everything, the charge that gives you. Um, yeah, man, right on. You found your area. You found your, you found your lane. Um, the Mountaineer School, how would someone get involved with that? Can you give us a plug there and let people know? What? Uh, the night we're recording this is the night of the intro party. So if you're listening and you oh, don't know man. about it, you probably have to wait till next year. But it's if you go to, I 
think the website is pitecp.org. It's not associated with the university. It's sure. just a bunch of outdoor loving folks that get together. And uh, on that website, they'll list the schools. There's the rock climbing school, the mountain biking school, the backpacking school, and the mountaineering school. So you can find all, some of the schools have requirements like the mountaineering school where you have to have a little bit of rock climbing experience. Uh, but like the rock climbing school, just sign you up. start there. Yeah, yeah. Highly recommended, especially like man now with so many people having to be cooped up for so long, how important it would be to get people out into nature. And these schools teach you how to do that safely. Like you're not going to be some. That's real important to share. It's real important to share to give the framework (laughs) of what it isn't. It's not just here's here's go rope go climb. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and I like I feel bad because sometimes you like in ultra at races and like when you show up to like the cliffs to like climb mm-hmm. like you see people that don't have the community and it's uh, w- how that can how that can lead to really dangerous situations like have if, you seen any of those um not any that have gone catastrophic but i've been like around people like rock climbing uh that like it, dude why is your why is your rope coming off like the side of your harness that's for like hanging stuff like your body weight doesn't go on that like w- like oh. like and it's to the point, it's like, okay, do you, because you try to talk to those people and they. Prob- I know what I'm doing. Like, exactly. Overconfidence. Exactly. Totally. Overconfidence. And then it's like, okay, do you have that conversation or you just get the hell out of there? Like you just remove yourself. It's Because it, it's one or the other. It's, it's one a, or the other. Yes, you're like, right. No what middle I, ground. Yeah. Am I going to stand there? And, and you more often than not, you have the conversation. And then if they're, they're going to be a jerk about it, that's on them. Then they go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I think it is so important that folks know that because it can be intimidating for a lot of people to yeah. sign up for something like that or to show up. So I think it's real important that, you know, it's a safe, comfortable environment in a great community. Definitely. Everyone has a day one. So show up and get your day one out of the way. It's a great thing. Everybody has a day one. That's a T-shirt. That's a T-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ryan, it was great talking with you. Um, Troy is going to have a closing question for us. Sure. But... Um, yeah, always good, man. Yeah, so answer as much as you're comfortable with. I mean, you just listened to an episode, so you probably know what's coming. Um, while you were in the tank, did you work through any significant problem, deal with anything like going on in your life? Um, nothing specifically, but the slow ramping of uh, a busy life uh, and a little further from my last float than I'd like to be. Like I'd like to have had one before this month, just seeing that all that noise in my mind and like knowing how slowly it ramps, but how significant it is at the end of it. And then how that kind of ripples out to like everyone I like interact with. And like, I feel, (laughs) I feel bad. It's like, Oh my God, like you had to deal with that, like ramped up dude. Mm. You know, you know what I mean? And just, just knowing that I have to make time for like quiet and being just still and not like rushing off to run or can't be just something done. harder than people realize. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think it was super cool to sit and talk with you. Thanks for You're having one me. of my favorite humans, dude. You've been floating forever. You're a great guy. It's, it's been great to see the stuff you've done over the years. Um, Troy, anything for the people? Get out and exercise, take up a physical hobby. Go get some fresh air, folks. We love you lots. Head over to levityflowcast.com. Check out our episodes on Spotify. And that's another good one, boys. We're out. Peace. Peace.
I wanna relax, relax, put my mind at ease Good friends and good vibes, now that's all I need When life hurts, come down and flow to levity Let your problems wash away into serenity, whoa